0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. It's time again for the Brothers in Tech Suggestions or Bits episode. Time for the brothers to try and impress each other with a recommended technology and see who might have to break out their wallet afterwards. Enjoy this month's Brothers in Tech suggestions. Hello everyone and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Over to my right is Brian Jackson. And uh, Brian, how are you doing today, man? Yep.
0: Doing good, doing good. See, we are we are getting this whole video thing down, and I'm I'm pretty proud of us. I mean, it took us, I don't know, weeks, weeks to we, get it down. Uh,
1: it felt more like months, but we'll go with weeks. Well, weeks sounds a little better. Um, multiple weeks, for sure. Multiple yeah. weeks. So, Brian is my brother, so we are brothers in tech, and that's kind of why we uh, we named it that way. But also, <laughs> the tech side of it, we get together, and when we record, we're talking about technology, but, but focusing on technology from a personal Home, family use. Uh, so we're going. We, we've gotten into things in the past on uh, television sets, home internet, uh, a lot of different topics we dig into. Typically, we get one topic and we just kind of burrow into that for a good, you know, hour or so every time we get together. But Brian, on uh, once every month or so, we like to sprinkle in an episode where we 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 call it our brothers and tech suggestions episode. And Brian was smart enough to take those words and look at the first letter of each of those words and be like, oh, wait a minute, that actually forms a, another word yeah. Uh, yeah. for BITS, the BITS episode, Brothers in Tech Suggestions. And uh, I still yeah, kind no, of that, that give you kudos the, for that, Brian. That was that a really a, a long master, time. master stroke. Yeah, it
0: yeah, took a long time to to come up with that. And I'm sure many different iterations and, and you probably know, a had, lot of people focus groups. Focus A lot of people helping, helping you, me, I'm sure, too. Well, um, you know, maybe. So, yeah. but regardless, it it was all me um, in, in terms of this relationship. So you really had nothing to do with that whatsoever. And no, uh, I did not. We haven't quite not, figured out what you you have brought to this podcast, but not much. Uh, yeah, not
1: much. Yeah, especially after the last episode we put out, um, which I think if anybody made it to the end of that episode, um, kudos yeah. to you for for doing so. I'm um, sorry. I admit I geeked out quite a bit and got a little in depth, and um, I saw your eyes glaze over at one point when I was showing it large they... strings of numbers on a yeah. uh, DOS-looking screen. Um, yeah, my, so. my eyes typically glaze
0: over when you're talking,
1: but <laughs> that one was
0: <laughs> that one was much. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit much, but it was a little. But you know, extra. I will I will say that you know, there's probably I don't know one. Two people in the world that may find that really interesting, and so as long as we can help those people out, which is you know pretty close to our our, uh, that's our numbers, that's anyway, our total think, listeners so.
1: anyway, so we're, <laughs> we're helping. Well, so, in all seriousness, the last episode I know we did go a little deep dive working with Homebridge and talking about ways to extend your home uh, automation network. Um, still interesting stuff, but it did get a little deep. Let's let's pull back and go a little fun and light on this episode. Uh, we're talking about our bits, our brothers in tech suggestions. This is where Brian and I both bring to the table. A, it could be an app. It can be a gadget. It could be a website. It could be a, anything technology related that we're really enjoying right now or have really found a good opportunity to recommend to others. And uh, Brian, if I remember correctly from the setup, the little 30 seconds of prep we did beforehand, <laughs> I, believe have, I believe you have two items to share. I do. While I, do. I just have one.
0: Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I and and I and I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm doing these two items. They're both apps. Um, I'll do one of them now and let you jump in with some more uh potentially interesting stuff. Um so I would say my first my first app, Alan, kind of falls in line with something that I'm assuming you're gonna be super excited about given how jazzed up you got about backup and backup strategies. Yes. Um that this is kind of in that similar vein. Um But this is something that I uh, have started using recently uh, for a purpose that I think a lot of people uh, would get a benefit from, uh, Mm -hmm. but maybe don't necessarily think about doing too often. And and that's having duplicate files on your computer. And Mm -hmm. so... Okay. I'm, I'm someone that that tends to save multiple times. Uh, if I haven't remembered whether I back something up or saved a file, I'll save it again into a different location. I'll save it into a, uh, an online server. I'll save it to a different part of my computer. So I tend to find, especially with photography, I tend to find that I have multiple versions of the same image, multiple versions of the same file uh, all on my computer. And I and I usually don't worry about it until my computer gets to the point where it starts to say, hey, we're running out of room. Um, and I'll kind of force myself to look look into it. Um so what I what I went uh, out looking for was a way to remove duplicate files. And I know there's tons of these out there. There's some kind of cleanup uh mm-hmm. cleanup um uh, what was it? Clean My Mac is Clean My Mac one of them? Alan? Clean My
1: Mac will find, I believe, it will we'll be able to do some duplicates. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's something we've talked about before as being a really uh, great app. I wanted to look for kind of a, a, a real simple way to go through um, and look for my duplicates. But one of the one of the tricks I find about dealing with duplicates is you want to be simple. You want to make it really really easy to do, but not so easy that you regret it later where you just say, yep, that sounds good, delete it. You actually want to be able to kind of be able to dial that in a little bit. So I'm going to show you, um, do a quick screen share, Alan, mm-hmm. of um, an app that I started using uh, called Duplicate File Finder, right? Very uh Very to the point.
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it do? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? I, had, I was really amazed when I found what it did. Um, so, you know, basically what this is going to do is it's going to search for your computer, whatever, uh, whatever folder you tell it to search. I just told it to search my entire uh, home uh, home folder on my computer. And it's going to look for things that are duplicates. Um, Now, again, most, Uh, there's so many of these uh, applications out there will do this. What I did like about this one, and you'll notice this one is the free version because up in the top right, it says get the pro. I haven't recognized anything that I'm missing yet with the pro other than I think this will continue to give me some uh, advertisements um, which, you know, potentially could be annoying, but as a few times as I'm going to use this uh, I think I'm okay with it. But what was really nice is that you could actually tell it when you go. So I, Initially, pulled it up, told it to search my home folder, and it started searching and came up with something that looked like this. I'm going to kind of mm-hmm. show you two versions of it. The bar chart, which says, you know, of these categories, here's the amount of data that we think we could free up. And I've already done some of the cleaning. So when mm-hmm. I first did it, there were like three or four of these bars that were pretty high, uh, and I can be saving some things. So in terms of pictures, movies, uh, documents, it's going to tell you, here's how we think you can clean things up. You've got duplicates of some of these. When you look over to the right, it says, what are the cleanup hints? It gives you some examples of things. So if I were to click on this first one and say, okay, it looks like I have two versions of this same song uh, on my computer. And what I really liked was the idea of this auto select. And so there's a way I can click auto select um, of course, this isn't probably the best view of it. Let me see if I can get one where, oh, here we go. So lots of lots of folders in which it's saying that we have duplicate folders, duplicate things occurring. So if I were to click on this auto select, uh, you'll see that this is one of the pro features actually with the folders. I should have checked that a little earlier uh, with files. It's not, oh, here we go. So these are all, these are all duplicates and it's telling you that we can auto select these and by auto selecting, you can actually train the auto selection. So let me see if I can pull that up, Alan. And if you're seeing, are you seeing that window, the preferences window? No, 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 not, I've seen not. the preferences okay. window. Go so on. that's what I was worried about. Let me see if I can get you to see the preferences.
1: Um,
0: yeah, here we go. Okay. So the preferences that come up.
1: Oh, there we go.
0: Allow you to make some. Initial decisions about your auto select, for example, you know, this first one, always select the one that's in the downloads folder if there are two versions of this thing.
1: So wait a minute. So it's saying if there was if there was identical files in two places Mm -hmm. on your computer, it found you're saying in the preferences that you always want it to select, meaning select to delete. The download, the the one one in the the downloads downloads folder. Right. Which
0: which for me makes total sense because when things go in my downloads, I'm not using them unless I pull them somewhere else to be able to do it. Um, And I like the idea of the second one, right? Never select anything that's coming out of my music folder or my iTunes folder. So if I have two of the same song, one of them's in my music. Let's not delete that one because that's obviously the one that's in a place where I want to use it. So you can see that there's lots of ways in which you can dial in this auto selection so that it's going to make the right decisions for you. And if you feel comfortable with it, you know, it doesn't delete it automatically. You can say, yep, I want to use auto select. It'll show you the selection of each of these um, that it plans to delete. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, yep, I feel good about that. Go ahead and do it. Um, I but I like the idea that you can kind of dial this into where you don't have to go file by file and try to figure out which folders sure. is in. But you can also make sure that there's some things that aren't going to get lost. Like, you know, if it's in my movies folder or if it's in my um, if it's in a very protected folder, like there's a folder that I know I keep all my important images don't ever delete anything from that, you know, delete something from another, uh, another location. So it's so far, it's been really good. Um, I haven't played with some of the other features like merge, right. Being able to merge different things when you see, uh, similar folders and similar, uh, uh items that you want to kind of merge together to make that work. Um, but so far this has been really nice. Uh, yeah. it has done what I want it to do and I haven't, had any of the oh crap moments uh, that I know I've had in the past with some uh, some deletion where I delete something and then realize okay that was way too um, way too uh, uh, well it was a little too aggressive in my uh, in my sure. deletion so
1: so yeah. a couple couple notes um yep. I was wrong. Clean my Mac does not have a duplicate file oh, okay. function at all. So, actually, this is good. This is, you know, you do have to get kind of a, a special app to do what you're doing. Uh, what's the cost on the app?
0: So, this one is free, but the pro version, let me just show you real quick. Let me see what the pro version is going to do. And I'll tell you actually. So, when you say that you want the pro version, it says uh, duplicate folders is something that you can then delete. Uh, right now, you can't delete folders, you can just delete. Uh, files. You can select duplicates in the folder. So kind of a mass selection of files, you can begin merging folders. um, And so all of that is $20. So it's a $20 app. And I think it's a one-time $20 app. Um, So it's a
1: free, there's a free version and it is a Brian Jackson free version approved, meaning you are using the free version and you're pretty happy with what you can do in the free version right now.
0: So far, yes, I've, uh, I've been able to delete some duplicates. I went through my photos initially, which is my big issue, right? Again, I have multiple versions of my photos, Um, especially when you're using different uh, software, Lightroom and all of that, it starts copying things over. But so far, yeah, so far, so good. Um, So I, with anything like this backup, uh, deletion of duplicates, always do your due diligence and make sure that you know, yep. as you do it, it's only putting it into a trash folder so that you can, you know, undo that if necessary. But, uh, but so far, yeah, this has been this has been pretty good. So that's Duplicate File Finder. And, duplicate um,
1: File Finder is yep. the name. You just do a yep. good uh, search on that. You should be able to find that app. It's free to download uh, and use for most of its core core uh, functionality, but twenty bucks one time to get the pro version. Yeah, allow yep. you to do some
0: more. And it's you know, and I'm not a huge believer in all the ratings, but on you know the App Store, the Mac App Store, it does have a pretty good rating of 4.7 out of Mm five. So, with you know two and 2,500 ratings, so you know that at least it's not a scam. That people aren't getting upset. You know, a month in. Um, So yeah, so I would I would check it out. If if this is something that you feel like you do, if you take a lot of pictures, if you Uh, are like me and and tend to save things in multiple locations because you're, you know, maybe super anal about losing things. Um, And at some point needing to clean things out, this is a a good app to use.
1: Pretty cool. All right. Duplicate file finder. Brian's recommendation there. All right. So Brian, I've got something fun to show.
0: Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. You've been, you've been been pumping this up and I I have no idea what it is, but I'm very hopeful right now.
1: So, um, you know, I do a lot of a lot of production. I, I, I produce some online media, some online live shows, podcasts, and other things. And, and I've always heard about the device called the Stream Deck. Are you familiar with it?
0: I've I've heard of the Stream Deck, yes. Okay, but I I am not well, familiar.
1: So the name alone, right away, just kind of screams. You know, as you use it, if you're a live streamer, and that's how it really has gotten started using people who are doing live. Uh, YouTube shows or live other streaming shows have a device called a stream deck, where they can pre-program things to happen while they're on their live stream. They can pre-program to have some text come up on the screen below them when they hit a button, maybe a sound effect or two. Um, maybe there's certain uh, if they've got multiple cameras, they may want to do some things of switching things. They basically have a, a device. And that is this device. And I'm going to go into full screen here for a minute so I can show this off for a bit. Okay. This is a stream. Nice. Deck. Mm-hmm. It is a small device with a new, uh, series of keys here available to use. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it on and show you that I've got some things programmed on it. Oh, cool. So it's digital. Now, okay. It's digital. Um, you may ask, so what does, how does this apply to anybody else? If you're not a live streamer? Well, here's the thing. I'm not using it for anything live streaming right now. I'm (laughs) using it for everything else I can imagine because what you have here is a device where you can completely program all of the buttons that are on this hard device. This device is a USB cable going into the computer. You have a small app you install on your computer to configure the stream deck. And then you're able to go and download uh, pre-made buttons or customize your own buttons to put on this device. And this mm. device can sit right next to your, your computer workstation. And when you press it, it does whatever you programmed it to do. So for example, got a button here that says, all right, I set up a button to say, open up my calendar app. And if I press it, you're not able to see it on the camera, but my calendar app just popped up on my other <laughs> monitor. Okay. I can say uh, I programmed one to do a hotkey meaning a, a keyboard command. So this is the one for on a Mac where you want to have your uh, spotlight search window show up. Oh, yeah. So I programmed that to and then my spotlight search just popped up on the screen. (laughs) I've got a volume up or down for my master computer volume. Whoops. So I can go up or down and that actually controls my computer volume if I want to do it from here instead of using a touch bar or using the keyboard commands. But then there's also, so, so a lot of things within your computer you can program and have scripted to do on this device. Uh, so it becomes a kind of a nice handy just off to the side. I just want to press a quick button. Maybe it's quicker for you to do that than doing it on your keyboard or doing it, you know, uh, through a keyboard command. But then it gets kind of nuts. They can do some other things, too. So, Brian, there are, I don't know if I can show it to you, how quick, easy I can show you. I'll pull up the actual program in a minute, and you can see all the options. But there is a button here for shortcuts. So on the Mac, Mm -hmm. you can have shortcuts programmed to do like scripted things and you can program this button to be one of those shortcuts. So for example, I had this set up to automatically turn on all the lights in my den at home where I do my work. So if I'm sitting here with the little box off to my side, and I decide, yeah, I want to go and get the lights on. I could do Siri or I could go to my phone and pull up my home app or just hit the one button, and it will just do it automatically for me. Nice. I've also got um, websites you can program in here. So if there's a couple of websites that you go to pretty frequently, like apple.com, I've got right here. If I hit it, it just brings up a browser window and goes right to apple.com on my screen. Pretty nice and simple. <laughs> then things can get a little more detailed. So this, let's see which one I'm looking at here. This takes a screenshot of your, of your screen. Nice. Yep. And once it takes it, it stores it and saves it on your downloads folder or your desktop. So ready to go there. Uh, I can mute my entire system with this button. So if I just don't wanna hear anything for a while, I can mute it here. But here's some kind of random one. So you can create folders on the Stream Deck as well. So I've got a whole folder here for Zoom. Zoom has a whole series of plugins that you can download and key into your Stream Deck. So if I go into my folder, It goes to a whole nother screen Uh, Cool. and I've got nested folders inside of that main folder. (laughs) So I've got functions on here. I know these buttons are hard to see on the screen, but I've got one that will mute my microphone. So imagine if you're on zoom and you would just rather have a hot button off to your side to mute your zoom, you can turn off my camera. I can do that. I've got one to mute everybody else. If I'm the actual host, I can actually do a mute all participants. And then I've got some buttons to automatically trigger, like, recordings. You know, I want to automatically make sure I'm recording this Zoom call to the cloud or to a local yep. recording. So there's some other Zoom buttons. You choose which ones you want to drop in here, and you choose the layout of where you want the buttons to be on the screen. Then I can go back up a level, and I'm back up to my home screen.
0: Are those physical buttons, or are they touch-sensitive buttons? Mm-hmm. They're,
1: they're your physical pressed buttons. Nice. I push mm-hmm. it, I actually feel a tactile, you know, okay. coming, uh, pressing. This is one for Apple Music. So Apple Music has a whole bunch of things you can plug into. So if I'm listening to music on my computer, I've got a next track, a backtrack. I've got the like or love button. If I hear a song I like, I want to save it. Uh, I've got a shuffle button, other things. So I can really control my music from just the, uh, the keys here as well. Um, here's probably my favorite one. So you can uh, have text, pre-scripted text, you can have display on your screen any you want. So I'll show you an example of this, Brian, if I want to, uh, and I know there's some other apps you can get to do this, but the fact that I can do it with this built-in app is actually kind of nice. So I'm bringing up uh, my chat window with you, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've got this button scripted with a preset string of text that says, I'm sorry for taking so long to respond to this email. <laughs> So I had that already pre-scripted. It could be a whole paragraph. It could be a word, whatever you want. And if I just hit it, then it will just, wherever my cursor is on my screen, will automatically drop that text in.
0: Wow. In that
1: spot. Okay. Uh, Let me, hold on. Let me stop that. Come back to this again. Um, And then there's even some bizarre random things you can do on this. Let me bring back up to solo view here again. Somebody created a plugin that's a dice. So if you just want a random roll of a dice, you press it and it rolls the <laughs> dice and gives you a number.
0: Nice. I mean, very useful, obviously. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, for, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there were a couple of kids over at my house over the weekend and they saw that and they actually rolled the dice for quite a while longer than I thought they would be interested in doing so. <laughs> then there, I put a couple other random ones. Magic 8-Ball. Somebody created a Magic 8-Ball. Nice. Yep. So if I wanted to ask a question, go ahead and ask a question, Brian.
0: Um, will Brian
1: be buying one of these? Takes a couple seconds. What's it say? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yes.
0: <laughs> there you go. Very true. Yes. Um,
1: and then sound effects. I plugged in some sound effects. You're probably not going to be able to hear it. It's not going to play it over my microphone, but it's going to play it on my computer. And it, I can hear it in my headphones, but it's a little sound effect I plugged in to do <laughs> that. So this idea of this little box, um, completely customizable. Let me show you what the, uh, the actual interface on the computer looks like. Cause it's uh, kind of gives you an idea of what all you can do. This is what the actual screen, when you install the utility on your computer will look like, and that's your layout. So I can drag and drop things. Well, hold on. I got to actually pull up the actual screen itself here. So I could actually drag and drop things, you know, in different places. I can take one from uh, some of their pre-built in functions. Like there's the Apple music ones and say, okay, I want the shuffle or whatever. And I can drag it and drop it onto one of the squares. Um, but, and I can create multiple pages too. You can have other pages and have a next page or back page button put on the screen. I tend to use the folders, So if I go into the folders, there's my folder. I can now drag other things <laughs> in that folder and just kind of rearrange where I want them to go. Now, if you don't like or if you need more functionality than what they give you built in, all these ones on the side, you go to their actual Stream Deck store, which let me share that screen for you real quick. I'm going to stop this one. And I'm going to share the actual screen of the store. So now this is the Stream Deck store. And by store, I mean, it's mostly free downloadable stuff. But you can go in here to the plugins. Going to the these plugins. are all like open open source. Someone's mm-hmm.
0: uploaded them, right? Yeah.
1: So I can start to see there's a CPU monitor. If I want to see my current CPU usage on the screen, I can see that. If I want to have an analog clock actually on the little Stream Deck button, I could. Um, the Philips Hue, there's a nice controller for mm-hmm. any Philips Hue that you may have. YouTube, if you're watching YouTube and you want to have some controls like skip, forward, backwards button on your Stream Deck, you've got those as well. Those are all just general ones. I mean, it just scrolls on for a good while. You can see there's tons of them. And they're all in different categories here. Here's all the lighting ones. That you've got Nanoleaf, Philips, uh, LifeX, um, a lot of different ones that integrates with there. Smart Home Assistants, there's a HomeBridge one. So kind of keying into what we talked about last week. Um, a lot of social media tools for people who are using this for social uh, or streaming, obviously, is kind of what it was built to do in the first place. Right. So there's tons of things. And then, you know, there's always new ones popping up. I've seen that people are putting up there, but all you gotta do is say "Yep, let's install that. And then it becomes an option on your sidebar that you can then drag into your, uh, your actual device, your layout. And uh, so it's really cool. I've had a lot of fun with it, trying to figure out what things are going to be beneficial to me to have right off to the side of me as a physical button. Um, I've toyed with the idea of actually having one of these that may sit in my den uh, as long as I've got a USB cable long enough and just have HomeKit controls specific to that room here. So it kind of takes that idea of, you know, having something that would be a uh, like a controller for HomeKit but nothing else. Like it doesn't need to be a phone. do right. doesn't need to be a whole iPad. It's just one of these devices. You make it a there. smart home control center or something. Yeah. Right? The only thing about this is it has to be contro- hooked up to a computer. Okay. So yeah. you would have to have yeah. a computer that's always running to make this work, but you can move it from computer to computer. I've got this here in my office right now, but if I take it home, I've got the same uh, thing installed on my laptop. I can just hook it up at home and use it as well. Yep. Um, just having a lot of, a lot of fun with this. This is mm-hmm. really, really cool. And uh, let me show you, I'll just show you real quick, the actual uh, website for the company that makes this. So you can get an idea of this. Uh, it is Elgato is the company that makes the Stream Deck. Mm-hmm. Elgato is <clears throat> known for a lot of other products they make. They do a lot of cameras, they do video capture for computers and lighting. But if you go to the Stream Deck, These are all the options they have of different stream decks. There is one that just has six buttons, the mini. You've got all the way up to, I think that's 32 on the XL. Um, Nice. I've got the MK2, which is the one I'm showing off here. It is 150 bucks. They're not cheap. I mean, they do. There are some prices involved in it. But if you feel (laughs) like that there's an opportunity where it can actually streamline some things in your life, then it starts to become kind of worth it. What is the the
0: mini cost, just to give an idea of the entry?
1: Oh, let's go there. So Stream Deck, the mini is $80. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it gives you six buttons. Now, even those six physical buttons, keep in mind, you can still have folders and next pages and all that. So, I mean, you're not limited to just six buttons. It's just six buttons are visible at one time. So, yeah.
0: So, Alan, uh, so it seems like this is – this is taking what the touch bar on the laptop was supposed to do, right? It was supposed yes. to be an easy way to ex- uh, access lots of different things. And those things would change and constantly having different buttons that aren't part of your physical keyboard. Um, so let me ask you, did, Will can you program it to have different buttons pop up when certain apps are open? Or is it only like this is a universal set of uh, buttons?
1: That's a good question. I haven't, I've I seem to remember somebody I've listened to that got me interested in this in the first place, saying that there was application aware or contextually aware yeah. Yeah. buttons on it. I haven't gotten into playing on that. I mean, okay. you could certainly you know set it up to where you could have a folder on the homepage uh, you know, for all your apps. And once you go into the app, you just go into the folder and you can have only yeah. app uh, plugins for that app on there. But I th- want to say, I've remembered her hearing that you can actually program it to you would make so. display a page if you're in a certain app.
0: Right. If not, you would think at least there would be an automation tool that could allow you to do that. So if I open up, you know, if I open up um, a video editing software, then automatically the, you know, the buttons become my editing you know, buttons that I have put in place. But so I love that. <clears throat> I love that it's physical buttons, right? Because you can start to get in the habit of doing things without having to look over at it every time. You can potentially do it by feel, I'm guessing, um, which I think is great. Um, and can, and a, it sounds like you can be pretty creative, right? If you're If you're doing automation things, can you literally go in and use like automator type tools to say, if I press this, then do this followed by this, followed by this, or no, is it it's going to,
1: of... it's going to use the shortcuts on your Mac. So the okay. idea is that you create the shortcut on your Mac, or it does have a tie in with IF, uh, IF TTT. Mm-hmm. So if you have a account with that and you've created oh, some automated actions and you can plug in that and say, if I hit this button, I want you to run this routine that I set up. And it will do everything you said to do. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I just, uh, It's one of those things where I heard about it a while back from people who were doing a lot of streaming of shows. And we toyed with the idea of maybe getting one for our studio because we sometimes need sound effects or we need websites to pop up on the show. But more and more, I started hearing from people who were using it for not live streaming, just using it to automate and make things more productive at their computer. And as soon as I started getting it, I'm like, yeah, I love doing the volume on here so much more than trying to go up to the touch bar and sliding or or making sure I'm finding the right control on the touch bar. I've just got my up and down volume system uh, button right here off to my side. So if I just need to go up or down, it's just right there and super easy to do. Muting is also great. Muting was always something that I I found myself kind of having to fumble to find the mute button if I wanted to mute all the sound of my computer. Having it just right here on the corner of this box is so much easier for me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. It is the touch bar that, They tried to put on the laptop, which they have stopped doing. By the way, newer ones do not have it It because people were not using it. It's just it was a little clunky to get to, and the fact (laughs) is, it would change based on what environment you were in, which can make sense. But sometimes there's buttons you need to have access to all the time, and the touch bar was kind of preventing us from having that. I felt like so this is where this comes in. Yeah. Um,
0: No. Anyway,
1: it's just uh, it's been really cool. I've I've been having fun with it, trying to figure out different applications to use with it. We are going to roll one into our our actual production studio and it's going to be our sound effect machine. We've got a lot of sound effects we do during the show. This is going to give us an easy way to go ahead and program all those running musical jingles and just have them all loaded up and hit them really easily on a simple box like this. So uh I'm a big fan. Yeah. So Ring like- you know, anywhere from eighty dollars up to I think a couple hundred dollars if you're right. you know two to three hundred if you're getting the big ones. So
0: So maybe let's talk just briefly about kind of some downsides of something like this or things to think about if you're considering this, right? One is if you're moving around a lot and going you know, mobile, right? This isn't something you necessarily carry around with you. And so if if there are things that you want to do often, like if you're constantly using it, you want to be a really part, a big part of your life, are you going to be okay then having your laptop at a coffee shop without this and having to go back to the old way, right? So it's going to teach you. Right, ways of doing you
1: will things. get very used to it people who have a desktop computer
0: yeah it's great it like because it's
1: your desktop computer is always at that spot you can have it off the side if you're a laptop user which I am so that's a yep. little bit of a challenge for me uh, yes if I'm on the road mobile and not at my typical workstation, I don't have this with me. it is a physical USB connection that has to be plugged up to your computer they
0: don't have any wireless versions they're all no. okay. And no, I'm firing. sure that's something
1: on the on the horizon, but right now they're all wired. So yep. you do have to have a standard USB port that you can keep it plugged into. If you want to have it work for anything in your home, it does need to stay connected to a computer. So again, if you're a laptop user and you're thinking about using it to have some functions available in your house, like smart home controls, just understand it needs to be staying connected to a computer to work. Yep. Um, the other little drawback I've gotten... Um, if you have multiple computers, let's say a home and a work one, mm-hmm. it doesn't sync between them. So in other words, if you if you create a layout on one stream deck, let's say you've got two of them, one in one location, one in another, there's not a functionality to go in and log in and have it automatically set up the same buttons on each oh, one. That's so so a bummer. yeah, I mean, granted, it's not the hardest thing in the world to go in and just recreate it on each one but if you made a change on one you got to just go make the change on the other it doesn't sync between stream decks so Hmm. granted i don't think it's a huge issue i don't think a lot of people would have multiple ones of these but um me i actually will because i'm planning on getting another one to keep at home and one to keep here at my office so i will want to keep those in sync and that's just something i'm going to have to manually do for now
0: it does seem like that's something that they need to move towards if they don't already is have kind of, I have my work layout that I want to, let's say one, one of my two stream decks goes bad and I want to change this one to be my work layout and take it to a different place, right? should be easy to be able to go and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm logged in synced in here's my different versions. Let's change to this version right now. Uh, and I'm sure that there'll be some way of doing that eventually. Um, well, I like- do see there's a
1: functionality for having accounts, but, I, okay. I, the account, but the accounts and profiles are just logging into your social media accounts so you can do social media things. Uh-huh. Um, there are some functionality with profiles I need to kind of get in there and play with. I haven't seen, but I still have not seen sharing of a layout across different devices, which is something I'd like to be able to do yep. um, between that. And then the, uh, what was the other function I was mentioning Uh yeah, and just it being a wireless device would be really right. cool instead of right. a USB device. That's kind of the two on the fantastic. wish list. But I will tell you right now, it's uh, it's fun, and the fact that you know you can customize these buttons, you can put your own icons on these buttons <laughs> if you don't like the ones that come standard with that plug-in or that uh, that uh, that add-on. You can add text to the buttons if you want to clearly label what the what the button is for, or you can just use an icon of your own. Even better, like look at this: if I go into Apple Music and play something on apple music um let's see it actually puts the icon of the album oh nice right there yeah very cool which is nice so it just did that automatically for me um (laughs) so it's just kind of cool i can look at it and actually see what's playing it actually to me works a little better than the uh what is it? The the little mini player uh, for iTunes that sometimes yeah. you will put just like a small window on your desktop and use that for controlling. I actually like this better. I can look and see. Oh, I, I see the album, skip track, whatever I want to do. Or if I like it, I can press the heart button. And it's just um, it, it's fun. It's a fun fun device. Um, so it seems
0: like anything anything that you do, if you if you know if listeners, if you pay attention to the way in which you use your computer. And the times where you do things repetitively, where it actually causes you to go and click multiple buttons or get rid of a window to go find the other window to be able to do something new. Those are all the things that it would be sure nice not to have to leave the window you're on and be able to reach over and just touch something yeah. and uh, and have an action occur.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't recommend or I don't see it as something where it's like, you know, put every uh bookmark on your web browser as a button on here just to kind of navigate. I mean, it's really thinking about things that right now are requiring you to do multiple steps on your computer and you'd like to be able to do it in one step. That's one. Yeah. Two is if there's certain things that you find yourself either having to move your hands around a lot for maybe the different keys, different keyboard commands, You know, sometimes there's keyboard commands that are extremely helpful, but they require like three key presses or kind of, you know, like taking a screenshot. That's actually something that, you know, I natively know how to do a screenshot on my laptop, but it's just because I've been doing it for years. If somebody wants to do it, not have to remember the three keys. Well, there's a button on here to just hit the button, does a screenshot, and you're done. That kind of idea. And doing little macros, if you want a multi-key press, you can program that into one of the buttons here to do. Um, yeah yeah technically you could do a copy and paste i mean if you're somebody it's like instead of hitting the uh, the command c or or control c on my keyboard i just would rather hit a physical button to say copy another one to do paste you could do that as well so yeah just all these opportunities i just uh i think it's so much fun it -hmm. seems weird to be going back to physical buttons to do on certain things but something about it it just is it's very satisfying and and, uh, I I feel like it works on certain functions very well. So, okay. One more question. Is it Mac only? No. Mm -mm. Okay.
0: What about, can you do it on a Raspberry Pi? Uh,
1: No, I don't believe so. So Let me, uh, let me verify that for sure. If I go stream deck, I'm looking right now on the uh, downloads. Yeah. It's Mac and windows. Okay. Uh, you download the Windows app and it plugs up USB just like it does here. So Mac or Windows, not not any uh, Linux or Raspberry Pi capable yeah. side of it. That would be really cool if it that was a be. Raspberry Pi version and you did want it. You, you were going to have a dedicated computer sitting in a room and yeah, you use is. this as like a home automation control unit. Mount that would be that, pretty
0: cool. Mount that under a coffee table or something and have this yeah. you know wired to the top of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Very cool. But yep. I, I, I love it. I, I think it's it's great. I'm, I'm trying to think to myself, um, since I am laptop-based, how useful is it? Is it something I can keep on my office desk and know that when I'm here, this is the way I interact with it? Of course, this is also the reason why I always plug in an external keyboard, one that has a, you know the number number keypad on it and everything, because I like mm-hmm. physical buttons to do things like volume up and numbers and all of that this would be beneficial to extend that I think would be really great. Um, Alan, but you haven't had any issues with, so you unplug it. Let's say I had it plugged into a, um, um, had it plugged into kind of a docking station Mm -hmm. and it's there and I come home, plug my computer into the dock station. Is it automatically going to open up the stream deck app or is the stream deck app always running in the background? Can it notice
1: it right away? So the stream deck app is it shows up by default up in your top menu bar. Your okay. uh um, as an icon up in your top menu bar. Yep. And yes, it is a plug and play. I mean, if I plug it up to my computer right away, it's going. it's got it up in the uh, menu bar as the, I can go and configure the stream deck or I can set preferences on it or quit it, but it is, I, there's no power switch to the box. It really is. a plug okay. it in. It powers itself up within 10 seconds. It's up and running and has all my stuff loaded. Yep. Um, and it, yeah, does, for example, it does
0: remember, it remembers the computer that it was connected yeah. to. Or I remember Cause I actually, yes,
1: it, it does. Cause I actually went and took this and hooked it up to one of our studio computers a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. I installed the app on that studio computer and i put a whole different layout of buttons on that one. I took my stream deck, went, plugged it up to that studio and it laid out the studio layout. Oh, perfect. Right yes. there. I unplugged it, came back to my home laptop, plugged it in and it's back to my home layout right away. So yes, mm-hmm. it will sync up with whatever, it all bases on the app that you have installed on that computer. Whatever layout you've got saved in that app is what it's going to push to the stream deck when you connect it. You could have this at a, at a home home desk with an external
0: monitor with an external keyboard and have multiple people bring in their laptops and each one, when they plug it in, they're going to actually see their own button layout and everything. Correct. It's going to recognize that's that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that is. I just think it's a, beautiful device i'm having so much fun with it's probably one of the best technology purchases i've done in so in a long long time so very love happy it. with it yeah i love it so that's the stream deck it is from elgato e-l-g-a-t-o.com mm-hmm. you can go and that is becoming a big part of their business right now so you're going to see a lot more models and a lot more capabilities coming up with that here in the near future for sure
0: yeah so elgato used to do um they used to have a, a like a digital TV tuner um, mm-hmm. that they would use. That they, you know they, I think I had one of those early on when we first cut cable. Uh, so you know I've I've always enjoyed their products. So good company. Yeah, well, great. good stuff,
1: man. Yeah, All right, cool. Well, I, I took up to, a lot of time with that one because yeah. I knew that was going to be fun to dig into. But um, you have a you have a second half <laughs> to share, right? Well,
0: well, I yes, I do, uh, but I feel a little <laughs> feel a little guilty now ending it's on okay. kind of a. You know, Bummer note after that one was so uh, pretty cool there. Um, okay, was. well, but I am going to go ahead and mention this, and it's sure. nothing uh, new and exciting. It's one I think I've even mentioned before. Uh, it's one that I'm sure everybody listening knows about already, but I want to actually bring it up because of a particular use case. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've noticed recently, or I've had an issue with recently with my computer usage is I am teaching in a lot of different classrooms now, and as I move around to these different classrooms, it used to be I just carry my laptop, plug my laptop in, present uh, over, the, uh, over the air. Um, but given that our new computers, Alan, you and I have talked about this before, they're dongle-based, <laughs> meaning that if I go into a, a new place, I have to have multiple dongles to connect to HDMI, to connect to uh, VGA, whatever. And in, inevitably, this semester, I found that more often where I'm getting to my classroom and realizing I don't have the dongle that I wanted. So I'm starting to use the built-in computer that's in that classroom. Okay. But those are PCs. So we have PCs in a lot of the classrooms and I'm a Mac person. So one of the issues I'm having is going into these new locations and then not having access to all of the things that I like to have access to specifically bookmarks within the browser. Cause I'm going mm-hmm. in and using yes. online storage. So Safari doesn't do a very good job with that, where I can say, oh, all my bookmarks are on Safari, and I go to this PC, I can't just pull up my bookmarks in Safari. So I've actually forced me to go back to a different browser, and so lately I've started going back to Firefox, and I'm going to mention Firefox not because it's the greatest browser, because it has the feature that allows you, just like Google Chrome does, to log in to the browser and by logging into the browser it goes and gets your preferences for that Mm. particular browser so if you are somebody that uses multiple computers or has to use multiple computers and yet likes to use a lot of things through a browser bookmarks uh, favorites uh, even passwords and all of that firefox is a is a good option for that especially cross uh, cross cross-platform so um, so I've started going back to that. And now when I go into a classroom, I'll just pull up Firefox, which is a native app for these, um, uh, these, uh, classroom computers mm-hmm. go up really quickly and just sign in. Once I've signed in, all of my bookmarks are there. All my passwords are available that I might need to be able to log in with. Um, and my history of where I've gone to on different computers, So it's made it incredibly helpful that I don't have to remember all the dongles to be able to use my own computer. Now, there are still issues about files on my computer and all that, but I've just gotten to be more comfortable with using online storage like Dropbox or Box so that I know if I walk in to any classroom, any computer, I can get access to all of my files just through a browser and knowing that they have Firefox. So I just wanted to mention that to people that get locked into a browser like Safari Um, which, again, it's great. It does the job I need it to do on my own computer. But when you start going on someone else's computer and the ability to be able to have a similar experience over there, um, you really need to move to something else.
1: Well, great, great suggestion. And you're right. Um, Safari is great for syncing across different uh, devices and all that, but you have to be logged in with that iCloud account. Yes, yes. And the problem with that is that the iCloud account is more than just Safari bookmark sharing. It is, you know, for you to go and log in on somebody's computer with your iCloud account is is a, kind of a big process. A big, You're opening up deal. a lot of things. Yep. Just to get bookmarks to share. Um, I love Safari's bookmark and history sharing. I, I use it between my different devices. But yeah, if I were going to another person's computer and wanting to get all my bookmarks and all that, yeah, Safari would not be the way to go. And even if right. I was on a Mac, I wouldn't try to go into somebody else's Mac and log in on my you iCloud. Put account.
0: in your iCloud. Yeah. So,
1: yep. so Firefox will do this. now let me ask, Will Firefox uh, sync up your history?
0: I believe so. Let me let me actually check that
1: because no, I'm just curious about this. Like you know, this is something I find myself a lot of times needing is. I'm on my computer. I am pulling up, you know, uh, sometimes I'm bookmarking things. Sometimes I'm just searching for pages and if I need to go to another computer and see a page that I saw recently or pulled up recently, I want to make sure, see if I'm able to see that same history, if that's synced up or if it's just bookmarks there.
0: No, no, it's history too. And so what I just did is, um, I just jumped and made Firefox, my browser on my, my phone. And so, and I just added this. Um, so I clicked on Firefox on my phone, went to on the um, the homepage. It's got a little, uh, you know, what I also like about Firefox, which, you know, Safari does as well. Google does as well. But now that homepage, that splash page that pops up when you pull the browser up will have some of your like most recently visited uh, news, all that sort of stuff. Well, one of those is history. And as I pull up history, I'm seeing links that i visited in a classroom a few days ago
1: okay good so on a completely
0: different machine and all we did is i just logged into both as my my account so um so yeah so i've got my i've got my bookmarks i've got my history uh i've got i think let's see is the download i don't know if the downloads will sync up Mm -hmm. which you would probably probably is not not what you want anyway right with a different um different types of devices, but reading list is another one, you know, just like the oh, sure. um, Safari has. Um, most and again, recently, what's the difference?
1: Most, no, go ahead, Brian. Sorry.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say, and most recently visited or, or most uh, often visited that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So what's the key difference between this and using a Chrome browser? Uh,
0: not, not much. <clears throat> I don't know. For some reason, Chrome has always been, I think a little bit of a, um, a little bit more of a process for me, Um, you know, it is, it is true. You can log into Chrome, log into Firefox. They both have a login sync option. Um, I don't know. I've never been as big of a fan of Chrome uh, and some of the Chromium type uh, browsers. Um, I think uh, Firefox does a nice job as a, as an alternate to that. I also know that there's some, there's some things uh, like with our university and their site where, you know, they prefer Firefox that there's a there's a different level of security that might be there versus some others. So one of the things is go to both browsers. Since they both do this syncing, pull up your most, you know, most commonly uh, approach to things. Like if you go to Dropbox all the time, if you go to a um, an online storage all the time, and make sure that they show up the way that you want them to show up. Because some browsers will end up um, pulling up information a little bit differently. So, um but yeah, so Firefox, I think Firefox does a nice job. I think they can, they will continue to update, which is nice. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I like the fact that I, I now have it on my laptop. I have it on my phone and I also can log into these PCs and I have a very, very similar experience. And I think that's the, that's the key. So that's if great. you're somebody that has multiple, um, you know, cross-platform uh, usage, you mm-hmm. um, and uh and using a browser is something that you do often and is where you kind of get a lot of your information. Uh, this could be a nice way of doing that. So
1: how is it speed wise? Pretty good. It's
0: pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And it also yeah. has a it also has a reader version, which I really like, just like some of the others do now. If you get to a web page that has a ton of images, you click the yeah. reader version and just gives you the text. Um good so it's it's good, you know, and it, Mozilla's been around a long time. Uh, they've been doing this for a while. They've never really taken off as the leader of any of uh, <laughs> any of the browsers. but I will say which uh, you know one of the things I tried to do, Alan was I don't know if you've used Bing as a as a search engine or even as a browser. They have a browser now Some, yes. okay so i was I was checking it out because I was just looking for something different, and one of the issues is if you're on an iOS device. So iOS now has started to allow you to choose a different default browser other than Safari. You can go into yeah. the settings and say, no, I want Chrome to be my default or I want Firefox. Bing, you open up that and it's a really slick app. I really like it. I like the um, the layout of it, but it's not one of the ones that you can choose as your default. So that makes no sense at all. You can choose wow. it as your default search engine over Google. Yeah. Sure, but you can't choose it as a browser. Law, browser. So Firefox mm-hmm. was the one I'm I've decided to uh, to move to for a while and okay. uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I may have to come back and change things a little bit, change my uh, uh, my recommendation if it doesn't work as well down the road. but so far it's been it's done exactly what I wanted to do. go into a different a PC, be able to have a similar experience without having to log into that PC. Yeah. You know, as a, as a user, I I can join on and then use the browser.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see Firefox is still around and being developed and kicking. I mean, that's great. They've been around for quite a while. I remember that being one of the early browsers I used Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty soon after using Netscape. If I remember, I think Netscape was one of my first browsers. Then it got into you're Firefox, to and then you're moving into a lot of other categories, but Firefox is still around and still uh, well regarded. Available Windows, Mac, and Linux, as you can see from the image yep. here as well. So that's good. Very good. So Firefox is Brian's recommendation. Kind of a little bit of a blast from the past, but they are doing some good things <laughs> on the browser side, which is awesome. And that syncing, yeah. yes, is very nice. Cross platform is key
0: for sure. The syncing is key. Cool. Yep. All right.
1: All right. Well, that was three good bits. That we got to share. Yeah, I so, think one
0: uh, one may have stood out above the others, Alan. Of course, it was more well, expensive. Well, it was know. more
1: expensive. I mean, yes, right. I, I I never like bringing in a, a a suggestion that's definitely in the you know three digit range. Yeah, you know, if I can that help it. Slick, but though. this one was just uh, pretty it's pretty pretty cool not to bring up and talk about. So yeah, <laughs> so we talked about uh, the. Uh, remember your the app the first names app.
0: Yeah, that is called Duplicate, Duplicate File Finder
1: duplicate file finder yes and we've got the stream deck from Elgato, and then we just talked about the firefox browser that you can get um, to help sync across cross-platform devices your browsing history and your your bookmarks yep all right well that is our bits episode for today um brian if anybody's had experience with any of these three products or has something to suggest maybe as an alternative to any of them how can they get a hold of us Yep. You can send us an
0: email at info at the uh, And as Alan said, if you've got experience or if you're someone who kind of gets sucked into a stream deck and purchases one and comes up with some creative ways of using it, uh, let us know. Uh, I don't know if I need a whole lot more pushing to get one just because they seem pretty cool. But uh, uh, it would be nice to to know kind of what are some some uses, some other use cases for this to um, to try to make our, our life a little bit more efficient. Um, You can also go to our website, uh, which is www.brothers-in-tech.com. And that's where you can find uh, previous episodes, as well as uh, you'll start to see some tips and suggestions and uh, some of our uh, show notes and all of that. So brothers-in-tech.
1: Yeah, we're going to work on getting that website updated. We got to do that. The website's there. Not a lot there yet, but keep checking back because we will be adding some content and getting some things up there for you. So yep. all right, Brian. Well I think that wraps it up for today. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm kinda yeah. bummed, right? I'm always bummed when What's we that? end the, the bits episodes because oh. I, I this is this is what I this is what I like. I like hearing new things. Um but uh you know, it won't we'll be two more weeks before we do it again. We'll
1: do it again though. Yeah, we'll It'll uh, be all right. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks. Just same hang tight, man. <laughs> we'll get back to you. All right. Uh, man. we will be back over the next few weeks though with some more informational episodes or at least discussions about different aspects of home and personal family technology. Uh, And then we will roll around to another bits episode, probably in another month or so. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. And thanks for watching or listening to the show today. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope we didn't, I didn't cost your pocketbooks a little too much or your wallets to get a little thinner, you know, after some purchases, but um, regardless, it's it's all a lot of fun. So uh, thanks Brian for your suggestions and, We will talk to everybody next time we get together. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community.